Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a video and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Today, it is my privilege to welcome an award-winning filmmaker who has made over 200 films, Pavitra Chalam, to our show. Pavitra, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be speaking to you and to be on the show. Thank you. And I'm so delighted to have you sitting on the other side of the camera because most of the times you're probably sitting on this side and directing. <laughs> so, Pavitra has directed over 200 films. She's a master's in filmmaking from the New York <laughs> Film Academy. She's received numerous global awards. And recently, she received the Stella Artois grant that supports female filmmakers who are using films to impact change. So, Pavitra, my first question to you is, what would you say are three key milestones in your life or your career? I think, you know, when I, the first time I really fell in love with filmmaking was as an ambassador to Pakistan, mm -hmm. um, I went as a youth peace ambassador okay. and I had had a little bit of journalistic experience, mm -hmm. but there I was nominated to direct my first film. Mm -hmm. And I think that definitely uh, was a big milestone for me personally, mm -hmm. um, because it, it made me realize that this is what I want to do Great. in my life. I think the second one would be when I decided to found my company, Curly Street, in 2012. Mm -hmm. And, you know, went into it being a little, feeling very vulnerable and wondering, films for change, documentaries, can I actually build a company? And we're eight years old today and that's, you know, that's amazing. It feels great. Amazing. And I think the third would be um, our uh, global release on Netflix, which was on the 15th of October this year. Which one was that? Uh, a film called Rooting for Runa, a film that we followed for seven years. Yeah. And about a little, little girl with hydrocephalus. Mm -hmm. And we've always been fighting for people and children with complex needs. And mm -hmm. um, birth defects is an invisible war in India, um, mainly. And so this amazing little girl, her family, her story, uh, we followed We followed it for seven years and Netflix wow. finally came and, and, you know, wanted the film. Amazing. So, you know, let's talk first about your journey as a filmmaker. Uh, you know, from the time you said you went to Pakistan as, an, as a film ambassador to your Netflix, walk me through some key uh, elements or key milestones that you remember. I think the most important thing um, that I learned when I was in Pakistan is that, you know, we were two groups of very young people mm -hmm. uh, who had brought with us a lot of baggage from what we have experienced okay. about the other side. But we were also just young people who wanted to do something and, and make a difference. And mm -hmm. we wrote a script and it was to be a peace statement between the youth of, of both countries. And we wrote the script. We named the film Bus, meaning enough. It was also shot on a bus. Mm -hmm. And we realized that even in the writing of the script and in the creation mm -hmm. of the of trying to, you know, the conceptualization, mm -hmm. things started to get heat, heated up. And... Um, and there was this moment where we decided that the Indians would play the roles of the Pakistani and the other way around. Okay. And when we stepped into each other's shoes mm. and fought for each other's causes, mm. you know, the game changed and, wow. you know, 
the honey jar was open and when that happens you know everything is wonderfully sticky and i think that moment to me made me realize what it means to put yourself in another person's shoes mm. and fight for them and filmmaking is is about empathy and mm. uh, art is also often the first step to create curiosity towards something larger and greater and i was so smitten so viscerally deeply connected to the medium and how it transformed every single one of us on set mm-hmm. and and i think you know after that i i went on to ireland uh, i was part of a, a un project and mm-hmm. uh, again it, with youth action and film i came back and i went to new york to uh, to to study film okay. and you know i always always wanted to make documentaries which is quite a uh it's not that often that someone goes to film school saying hey i want to make documentaries mm-hmm. but i felt that real stories to me are so beautiful and i wanted the skills to be able to tell them as you know as beautifully as i could and okay. and that's why i went to film school fantastic um came back and you know continued to work and founded the company fantastic so tell me you know you have uh, you know focused a lot on documentaries what goes into making a great documentary it's really like falling in love mm-hmm. you know because when you see a story mm-hmm. or you meet a person you don't know what it is mm-hmm. really you don't know how you don't know where it's going to go but you just you just believe mm-hmm. and i think that with a documentary specifically it is that because there is no logic why do i feel so strongly about your life mm. well i do mm. and you know if i do then i want to tell that story and i want to share it with people i love and and i think that's how it starts mm. it it could take 7 years like okay. it did with rooting for runa yeah. it could take a month it completely depends on the team that's that's on board on the funding which is really hard in mm. in documentary filmmaking okay. and also the story because you can't control real life you surrender completely to the unpredictability and that is scary mm. um but then you're also capturing something that's evolving and revealing itself in front of your eyes and you try and capture it in the best way that you can and then present present it as you have experienced it to the world so yeah i would say that that is what it's really like and tell me you know how how do you determine what subject to really pick up i mean you know you've done over 200 films how do you determine that you know this is a story that i want to be able to make into a documentary i think uh, you know ashtosh right from the beginning i've always felt that there are too many invisible wars um, we are fighting as human beings as a society and you know mainly with people who live on the fringes of society mm-hmm. and that has to do with complex needs and disability um and you know and I, and i think it started when i made one of my first films on an organization in delhi on children with complex needs okay. and the more i i went into their lives or rather they allowed me to sort of be a part of their lives the more i realized that the way they are able to live against insurmountable odds Correct. the way they na- navigate life mm-hmm. how is it that they don't have the space to speak that we as a society don't really understand what they're going through and mm-hmm. i think 
that empathy is something i've always wanted to create and mm-hmm. it's just happened that you know with with all the films over 200 films they're focused on social justice yes they're focused on human rights mm-hmm. but they're also focused on those who are marginalized and those who really don't have a voice mm-hmm. so within that space i think it's clear you know i i i still have a thousand stories i want to tell and i yeah, hope yeah. you know someone will say hey okay now it's been 15 years you've stuck to what you're doing now you know we'll we'll fund it make them all mm-hmm. uh, but i think that has been the focus and with indelible our film on seven people with down syndrome mm-hmm. i realized that there is so much about inclusion that needs to be um, talked about and discussed and with rooting for runa with birth defects and for the health of the indian child and mm. and so in that way i'm very focused that these are the things that i want to do and and this is how we can make a difference using film fabulous, fabulous. so you know the the entire world of filmmaking whether it's documentaries or web series or movies or whatever has you know has the, the entire that world has always intrigued uh, audiences and yet it's a very very closed kind of a space not much gets known other than through of course gossip columns yeah why is why is the film business so closed when the rest of i mean you can talk about the corporate world and the social sector world etc all the time why is it that the films are so closed the thing about a film set mm-hmm. is that it's like an orchestra correct and it doesn't matter if mm-hmm. you're the conductor yeah. or playing third violin right one mistake means that the film falls correct and it is that suspended moment in time mm-hmm. and i think there is so much that is technical and detailed mm-hmm. and you know a uh, very labor intensive mm-hmm. that might come across as quite boring because what's on the other side mm-hmm. is the magic that's being made and is is the beautiful cinema that you see mm-hmm. so i actually don't think that the industry is closed in that way mm-hmm. i'm just not sure how many people are really interested in you know what exactly is happening behind the scenes how does this particular sound get recorded or why you know frame rate is so important or you know why we need to be shooting with this lens it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. finally what they want to see is the moment and the picture mm-hmm. um so that's what it really is it's it's a it's a very complex process it's a lot of people and every moment you have to be 100% there if it's right. the person driving the equipment to set or the director who's supposed to be the boss of the set mm-hmm. i believe they're equally important because mm-hmm. if one fails the film will fail Correct. so that that's that's I I love that filmmaking in many ways is very leveling. You understand that you play as a team which is just fantastic mm-hmm. and everyone is equally important in many ways and I think that's something very beautiful about the process that Terrific. maybe is not talked about enough. Terrific. Okay. And how easy or difficult is it for a new entrant to make a place for themselves? you know it is very hard mm-hmm. i remember when uh, i came back from ireland and i wrote to every production uh, company mm-hmm. uh, in the country to intern and i was always rejected wow and uh, i i couldn't understand why because i was willing to you know work 24/7 but 
you know, I was, I was rejected. And, you know, then I went on to film school. But what I realized is if you want to be noticed mm -hmm. and if you want people to believe in you and if you believe that you can tell a story, mm -hmm. the only way is to make it. Make your first film. Do it on a phone, mm -hmm. you know. Borrow your best friend's camera, mm. get a group of friends together, make your first film. Mm. Because when you make your first film, you'll know what the process is. Correct. You'll be able to put it out there. And, and then, you know, people will notice you and then say, hey, you know, why don't we work together? Why don't, um, you know, you make this film for us? And I think that proof of concept is really important. It's, it's, it's I would say easier to just focus on what you want and make that film and now it's easy you know you just take this phone and you can tell a story because trying to go around and constantly ask for that validation can be very hard and especially with commercial uh, commercial films you know i'm from a very different world the, the corporate world and the entrepreneurial world and what you are saying is exactly what happens with the startup i mean it's always bootstrap your startup whatever little money you have show proof of concept yes and then you then, then everything else starts flowing so there you are we have a similarity between films and the corporate world also <laughs> yeah okay. awesome. so one more question for you uh, on filmmaking before i move to the next segment are the skill sets different to make a commercial film versus a documentary i think in terms of technical skills it's all the same. You mm -hmm. have to understand your equipment, your team, protocols. You, you have to know it all. Um, I think with, with commercial filmmaking, you are able to plan. You're able to get a retake. Mm -hmm. You're able to, you know, do it a certain way mm -hmm. and, and, and make sure that you get what you want. Mm -hmm. I think with, with documentary filmmaking, it's very observational. It's also, in many ways, very intimate. Mm -hmm. uh, you are right there in the middle of a very personal moment. Correct. And you have to capture it. So I think it's more about the kind of emotional way that you can make a film mm -hmm. uh, with documentaries because you are in the story mm -hmm. with the hero and their family or the people around mm -hmm. or the animals. And... How do you bring their story to light without in any way uh, causing, you know, any unrest or causing any form of, uh, of pain or, or despair and, and making sure more, more importantly than anything that you are respecting the person and the story mm -hmm. and that you are treating it with dignity. So I think, you know, when you step into that moment, these are the things that we have to keep in mind mm -hmm. and make sure that we don't cross certain lines, we never manipulate a moment, mm -hmm. but we let it unfold as it should be and then and then bring it to the audience. Terrific. So, Pavitra, let's move to the second part of our conversation, which is on the mum's word. You know, tell me about this venture that you started. So, um, in 2018, my husband and I found out we were pregnant and uh, it was a beautiful surprise and I had you know, just started editing uh, my first baby, Rooting for Runa. Mm -hmm. And around that time, my uh, co-director, Akshay and I, we would talk a lot about my whole team, you know, nobody was married. And, you know, I was the first person they knew who, who was pregnant. And, you know, I would share things and we would talk about stuff. And I think the collective understanding was, 
hey, why don't we know about this? Mm. Why does no one talk about the difficulties of breastfeeding mm. or postpartum depression? Right. Why do we never hear about this from our moms, mom friends? Mm. And and I talked a lot to my um, mom friends, and mm. you know, the truth doesn't really get talked about a lot. And so we founded the Moms Word purely to give women a platform mm -hmm. to just tell each other the truth about motherhood. Because they say it takes a village to raise a child. Correct. But, you know, it takes a larger village to raise the mother. And I think our dream is to create this global platform where a mother in Ireland can talk to a mother in Tripura and the experiences are shared. They are the same. And if we can learn from each other, mm. I think that that would be amazing. And it can only benefit mother and child and the ecosystem that surrounds them. And, you know, the response has been overwhelming. We're only a year old. We're 80,000 followers. We wow. put out 10 pieces of content a day, completely crowdsourced. We send the questions, they send the interviews and the content. And um, yeah, it's it's been an amazing experience. Fantastic. I love what you said in 2018, we found out that we were pregnant. So my follow-up question to that is, are you beginning to see that fathers are beginning to play a bigger role in to support motherhood? I think so. I mean, you know, my husband and I, there's no question about equal parenting. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember, and he's also a doctor, but I remember in the first few months thinking, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. He seems to know it all. But uh I think now, at least personally, the fathers that I'm interacting with, they're far more invested. Mm -hmm. You know, they're far more uh, connected with the mother and the child. And that mm -hmm. is so, so crucial. Uh, and I remember my husband was interviewed on the mom's word. He was the first dad and mm -hmm. my co-director interviewed him. And he said, you know, people say, oh, the husband should go and sleep in the other room because he has to work. And mm -hmm. he said, but raising this child is more important than any of the work we're doing. So why why should it be that we need to get our rest when actually yeah. the mother needs to get a rest? And I mm -hmm. thought, that's a great mind shift from our parents' generation yeah. and our grandparents' generation because fathers were never involved in a very sort of tangible way in the beginning. Correct. And they didn't know the mess and the, the drama and the fun of, of year one of motherhood and parenthood. So one more question before I move to the third part of our conversation, and that is that for someone who has such an intense work schedule, what are some of the challenges of motherhood? You know, there's always the mom guilt. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think that stays with you forever. Correct. But I've been lucky personally in the way that my parents are very, very involved. My mm -hmm. studio is two minutes from my house. Mm -hmm. My parents' house is two minutes. We have a very large family. Mm -hmm. I can take my child to work. And I think if... I, the one thing motherhood taught me is to be as efficient as possible with my time Correct. because the more efficient I am and not just at work, even if I'm meeting a friend for a drink, mm -hmm. you know, that one hour would be everything and so important and, mm -hmm. you know, you enjoy it that much more and then you go back and be with your child. So um, I think it's about time management really and also saying it's okay for your child to experience other caregivers and you know have their own independent life for a few hours in a day and then when you're back you are fully on um so that's that's how i manage it personally fantastic so pavitra i'm going to come move to the third and last section of our conversation which is some questions for you personally okay. you know 
so much success as a filmmaker and i'm sure there's so much more waiting for you you know you start a the mom's word and it gets successful immediately successful mom what does success mean to pavitra <laughs> you know i i i i re- i read that question and i i really am not sure how to answer it okay i'm just an intensely uh, moment driven person mm-hmm. and happiness to me is everything and when i mean happy you know my friends are always laughing at me because when they ask me what do you want to do mm-hmm. i say i just want to have a good time in whatever way that is yeah. so i think personally it is that and not just my own happiness but mm-hmm. my entire ecosystem i'm very very connected with my friends and family okay. um i think in terms of career if i am able to create an environment of empathy mm-hmm. and in that if i can affect and change one life or be the voice of one community and continue to do that consistently mm-hmm. and bring those stories to light and have people around the world talking about it and actually create a world that is about inclusion mm-hmm. i think that would be an absolute dream come true for me fantastic and uh, a follow up question to that would be where do you get your inspiration from <laughs> just people honestly mm-hmm. just people and in the experiences that i've had and i'm really an experience junkie and mm-hmm. i think that's really where every time inspiration has struck it has been in the midst of a conversation okay. or in the midst of an experience okay. um i love books I'm not the biggest film buff surprisingly mm-hmm. uh, you know I have certain films that I watch certain mm-hmm. TV series that I like to watch but you know it is books and people and mm-hmm. I think um those experiences and and you know I was an athlete for the first 18 years of my life I was a national level athlete and mm-hmm. I think um you know I realized that sport is so there's such a parallel between sport and filmmaking purely with the consistency persistence and stamina so mm-hmm. so yeah so but time for one more question and i'm going to ask you this question on on failure you know as as a young mom uh, i've always said and i've got a new book coming out on on failure basically with the hypothesis that it's okay to fail yeah um for most of us when we were growing up and i've seen this all over our country indian parents or south asian parents don't teach their children it's okay to fail Yes that manifests itself in multiple behavior patterns throughout our lives Absolutely yet we fail all the time we learn so my question to you is what has been some of your learnings from some of your biggest mistakes You know it's so it's so amazing that you said that because at 6 years old I was a national level skater mm-hmm. and I had you know I was only winning gold for the state and um by 7 i was you know a national champion and wow. you know i'm pretty sure i became this cocky little little girl who thought that no one could beat her and i remember my parents were always very happy that i won but mm-hmm. uh, you know they talk about personal best that's more important mm-hmm. and i remember the day i lost the gold and i got silver mm-hmm. i was shattered i mean when i look about look back it's hilarious mm-hmm. i was shattered but i turn around and my parents are celebrating on the sidelines and you know hugging me and we throw a big party with cake and i was so amazed mm-hmm. and my mom said the most important lessons you will ever learn will be in these moments that you consider failure and i think the way i 
uh, I dealt with failure after that was I'm not scared of failing mm. because, um, you know, in the environment that I was, it was treated with so much love and so much right. importance. And I learned after that, that it's not about competing. It's mm. not about beating someone else. Mm. It's about yourself what makes you go forward yeah. and more importantly how can you raise everyone else up with you and i learned that pretty young as a result in many ways i'm fearless because i think so what what's the worst that can happen right. um and in many ways i think even if the worst happens we will be okay right. and i think that has been been my greatest learning fantastic pavitra thank you so much thank you such a pleasure you. speaking to you i wish thank you lots and lots of success Thank you so much Ashutosh thank you Thank you for listening to the brand called you video cast and podcast a platform that brings you knowledge experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.